sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, everybody, welcome in. This is Diamond Bets, the show about pulling money out of your love for anything. In this case, baseball. It's produced by baseball fans, brought to you by baseball fans, and we know you're big baseball fans as well. Perhaps none bigger than the man that joins me, Mr. Joe Pizapia. Joe, it's important to go around the diamond to get a broad macro perspective of the sport to be able to dive in within this next hour really find a way to pull some serious cash out of the game. That's right, Matt. On Diamond Bets, we bring you the micro, the macro, the horizontal, the vertical. We bring them all, and we condense them down into two glorious hours. And Let's start with some more news and notes around the diamond, and we'll start with the Mets this week, DFAing Robinson Cano. So it'll be interesting to see if he catches on somewhere else uh, for the league minimum they could pay him. He can go help somebody, potentially, if he wants to continue his career. Royce Lewis was called up by the Twins this week, and Lewis is an intriguing prospect once upon a time, the top prospect along with Byron Buxton in this organization. But because of the Carlos Correa injury not being as serious, I don't know how long we're going to see Royce Lewis. It'll probably be more of a short-term stay, uh, especially with that crowded middle infield as it is already. But it's good to see Royce Lewis getting the call. Good to see him get his feet wet. And who knows, perhaps Royce Lewis is a chip that the Twins might consider moving at some point for more help if they can hang in this American League Central race. Then the Phillies placed Didi Gregorius on the 10-day IL, and they recalled Bryson Stott. Uh, Bryson Stott, once again, the Kit Keller of uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. He likes the high ones. He likes to swing. He likes to hack. I love that about Bryson Stott, but a little bit more play discipline will be good. It's fun to watch him hit. But, you know, when you watch Vlad Guerrero Sr. swing at everything and hit it, it's not quite the same thing as Bryson Stott, but still... Uh, hopefully for Didi Gregorius as a short-term IL. Teoscar Hernandez came back from the IL, so finally somebody getting back and getting healthy. Uh, Teoscar is going to join the rest of that incredible lineup with George Springer and Vlad Guerrero and all those pieces for the Blue Jays with Bo Bichette. So they get another piece back. This is huge. It's very important. Uh, I would venture to get him back into all my lineups already. He's not a player you want to wait on and see. In the DFS world, I would go right into the Blue Jays again and put Teoscar Hernandez in those stacks. And then the Rangers and Yankees were postponed on Friday and Sunday. A lot of other postponements, too, because of the rain on the Northeast. Not a whole lot of baseball. But, Matt, I want to circle around to Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano's had a really good career. And when you look at his numbers against other second basemen, it's a fantastic, dare I say, Hall of Fame caliber career. We know towards the end, the PED suspension, something that happened that's caused a lot of people who vote for the Hall of Fame to shy away from guys over time um now it has happened later in his career uh certainly the end of his career has not been great as many players tend to trail off in their late 30s that's the normal trend without peds in baseball typically speaking so a few questions here to unpack number one does robinson cano catch on with some other team in 2022 and number two do you think robinson cano ever sees the hall oh boy uh, first question is, is simple finances, right? It's a financial decision if a team thinks that they can get a return on a Robinson Cano. Uh, what can he offer to the team and things of that nature? And a, a big part of baseball, as is a lot of things, is who you know and who's going to bat for you, figuratively in this case here. So that answer still has to be shelved. 
if a team thinks it's spending some money on him, you said the league minimum, and he can produce something for them, sure, I can see him what hitting off the bench in Pittsburgh. That's horrible, but I would kill for it. So then there's that. As far as the Hall goes, uh, there's a lot of factors. Uh, who does he go in up against at his position? And you and I talk about this PED thing. At the end of the day, you still have to be able to hit a baseball. Right, no matter where you have to be able to start your swing, you have to be able to adjust your swing. You still have to be able to hit it. I, I don't care what anyone says about the length and the distance. You still have to be able to hit it, and that they don't feel it. We welcome in everyone that is joining us. This is Diamond Bets. It's a show about baseball by baseball fans. My name is Matt Stryker. His name is Joe Pizapia. He's an author of the Fantasy Black Book series, changing the way we look at sports. So whether you're into season-long fantasy DFS or simply betting on baseball, you're just a fan. The way the game is going has changed. So we start to look at things from a money perspective. I love it. I'm good at it. I'm passionate at it. Why shouldn't I be able to make a few bucks at it? And that's why I like talking to you, Joe. So that's my thoughts on Cano. Yeah, I had Robinson Cano, as we mentioned earlier, DFA'd by the New York Mets earlier this week. And the right baseball decision, too, which is nice for Mets fans on occasion to actually get a baseball decision made instead of a money decision being made. Uh, other decisions, uh, Brandon Belt, by the way, who came back from the COVID list, uh, might be headed back to the IL. He's day to day right now with neck stiffness. So he came out of yesterday's game. Ronald Acuna yesterday uh, was fantastic. Hit another home run. He's been stealing bases left and right. So, so much for the slow return for Ronald Acuna, especially on the base paths, not been the case. Uh, Pablo Lopez bounced back after a, a first, basically his first bad start of the year. Uh, five Ks over eight innings and in scoreless uh, baseball for the Marlins yesterday. JP Crawford also uncertain if we'll be able to play today on Sunday after leaving with back spasms. Crawford, one of the few bright spots for this Mariners team that struggled of late. But overall, when you're looking around Major League Baseball, I mean, it's been an incredible run here for Ronald Acuna coming back. Did you expect him to be this good this quickly coming off this injury? Uh, That's why I drafted him in several leagues. Yeah, a player like this doesn't come along a lot, and it's worth the wait. We were talking about the longer you wait, the less you get fooled, so let's keep the theme going. So having him back in the league changes a lot of things. You also mentioned Teoscar Hernandez, and I endorse that. If he and Springer are both healthy and both hot, here come the Jays, right? It's going to be a fun summer. Mm. Yeah, here come the Jays, but Jose Barrios needs to get locked in in that third spot because – Right now, he has not been great. That ERA is over five. Manoa's been great. Gospin's been great. Rios, not so much. We come back. I'll look at some guys to add to your teams. We come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. with you everywhere you go because everything in life is changing so quickly at sports grid at sports grid tv those are the two major social media handles uh, we welcome everyone listening all around the world all of our radio friends sirius xm 159 all the truckers out there that keep this world moving thank you so much joe pizapia thank you so much my friend for each and every sunday coming our way starting at 8 a.m eastern time and Doing this segment here, it's the waiver wire segment for those in season-long fantasy. But you can also think about this from DFS and wagering perspectives as well. You can look at these players as a whole or as a part of something. So let's dive into your mind. Who's up on the waiver wire for you this week? Well, believe it or not, it's a couple guys on the Oakland A's. The first guy is Danny Jimenez, who I think people should still be adding. He's rostered in less than half the leagues. Uh, And I think that even though Trevino's come back, Jimenez has been really good in that closer role. I know AJ Puck has pitched well also. 
and sometimes you got to look at some of these bad teams and guys where you need some help on your waiver wire. But the other guy is uh, Sheldon Noisy. Now, I had to get corrected because earlier I said noose, I think, earlier in the week. And oh, it's yeah, noisy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have to say it like that every single time, Matt. So Sheldon Noisy, who is the second baseman uh, and third baseman sometimes as well, depending on the format you play in. Uh, in terms of eligibility, uh, he's been pretty good this year. If you look at the stats overall, uh, it's been a pretty good start to the season. He has rostered just 56% of leagues, over 80 at-bats. He's got nine runs scored. He actually hit another home run, so now he's up to three home runs. He's got three stolen bases on the year. Uh, that OPS is just under 800. He's hitting above 300. Here's the thing with Noisy, too. Right now, that BABIP is about 400. So, of course, <laughs> that's going to come back down to earth a little bit. That's just... A natural state of things and people might say well they're a little concerned because well he has struck out a fair amount he's got over 25 strikeouts already not so many walks but when you go back and look at the track record and try to find out in double a triple a who a player is i always feel like double a AA and triple a numbers will tell you especially double a will tell you the true identity of a player and in that time this was a guy that hit for a high average made a lot of contact he did strike out a fair amount, but he still always hit for that high average, which means to me he makes a lot of hard contact. So when he hits it, he's hitting it hard. And this was a, a guy who was scouted by the Dodgers, let's not forget. He was in that Dodger trade last year. So Noisy is a player that has a pedigree. He has a track record. He has some pop. He has some speed. So in those roto formats where you're looking for a little bit of that combination, is this a guy that can, at the end of the day, you know, get you maybe 12 home runs, 15 home runs, maybe steal you 10 to 15 bags. I think the answer is yes. That becomes a pretty interesting player where you can get him for free in roto formats, especially in the short term. I don't know how long he'll sustain. As I said, the BABIP is going to eventually regress. But yeah. the good news is a high average player with some pop and speed is what Sheldon Noisy's been in his minor league career. He was a player that was scouted you know, and drafted by the Dodgers and then acquired by the A's who are a team that historically has a pretty good eye for talent mm -hmm. and acquiring talent from other organizations. Sure. So I think there's a lot to like here and I don't want people to just pass over Sheldon Noisy just because he is on a bad team or just because they see some things that aren't possibly sustainable. I think what you're going to get at the end of the day is a player with a pretty high batting average, a little pop, a little speed. And for probably five bucks in your league in terms of free agent budget, you could probably grab them and stick them on your team, especially if you've had you know any sort of middle infield injury in the last few weeks. Well, there's the key right there. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. look at the position eligibility of a, a noisy. And I want to know where, where did you get that? Noisy! Baseball pronunciation guide? Because I've heard a lot of people call him noose. I did as well. But I'm going with you here because uh, noisy fills second base and third base. A lot of people had a guy like Josh Harrison or David Fletcher in, in that kind of role with regards to Fletcher. Maybe it was second base and shortstop. But uh, when Harrison uh, started to fail and Fletcher went down, just came back actually, a guy like Noisy would have been great. And you also mentioned having the high average, but also striking out a lot. I mean, that hurts my ears because you and I both know if you change your approach with two strikes, you wouldn't strike out as much, Sheldon. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I'll just keep liking those tweets that I see that in 18 years, Tony Gwynn struck out nine times with runners on third, like some crazy amount. But yeah, Noisy is a nice ad. This next guy coming from San Diego is probably going to get a little bit more play just because his team is a bit more public. And then people associate that with the ability to produce a bit more uh, offensively. Now, in all fairness, too, it's Noisy who says Noisy. I actually Fair enough. to find and that's why I'm glad I went how with he you. Says yeah, it. smart. Good and on that's you. That's why I say Pisa Pia. <laughs> how do you say your name, right? 
Kisaki. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to say it out loud. Otherwise, people will just crush it. Uh, ha Seung Kim is another guy I think we need to talk about. Um, and look, I understand you might look at the, the grand scheme of things and say, well, this player was really underwhelming last year. He struggled when he came yeah. over from the KBO. Uh, but I think when you're looking at Ha Seung Kim, you have to realize he's still just 26 years old. He's still a relatively young player. And I know he's had a rough week, but heading into this week, things were kind of on the upswing for him. He qualifies at multiple positions. He's a guy that qualifies at second, at third base, at shortstop. Uh, if you look at the roster percentage, he's available in 70% of leagues right now. He's got the three home runs. He's got a stolen base. You know, the batting average has dipped a little bit, but at the same time, I think when you're looking at Cronenworth struggles, uh, when you're looking at Tatis still being on the IL, I think in deeper leagues, this guy is worth another stash. And I also think there's a small possibility or, or maybe even a medium possibility at some point in time he gets moved to another team and i think when you're looking at Young kim you see in this same organization tatis you see cj abrams you see cronenworth you see a lot of guys in that infield uh many machado's not going anywhere for a very long time so the the second to third base slide there in the infield is kind of stacked and I kind of wonder if Young Kim might be a guy that can help a lot of other teams because of his flexibility. And maybe a little bit of a change of scenery might do him some good. At just 26 years old, this is a player that I know things haven't been great to start his career in the major leagues, but just the way sometimes, and Matt and I always talk about this sometimes, where you don't love a guy when he comes in because he's got too much hype around him. When the inverse happens and the hype is gone, Maybe that's the time to buy on the cheap and just kind of see what happens. If you're in deeper leagues, I would stash this guy just to see in the next couple of weeks if maybe just maybe he ends up somewhere else. Because if he does and he's playing every day, position flexibility is a huge thing. So what do you think about adding Kim kind of for a buck or two this week and seeing if he can maybe, you know, get some more playing time here with the Padres or potentially as well get playing time somewhere else in the months ahead? I think it's an individual team situation as a fantasy manager out there, uh, depending on where you are, if you're struggling in seventh place in a 12 team league, maybe this isn't the move, you know, but if you're up there first and second, you have some room and you have a speculation, then, then yeah, I agree with Joe as well. The minute Kim has any signs of productivity, I do believe he'll be shipped as part of the package. We do know that uh, San Diego is actively shopping Denelson Lamette, trying to bring in some more reinforcements. This could be part of a package. Uh, C.J. Abrams has been hot and cold, and I think a lot of season-long fantasy managers know that. So, so Kim is a guy to watch, but I just don't know where I see the value until mm -hmm. he finds a resting place, he being Kim, and resting yeah. place, I mean, a place to live every day. <laughs> <laughs> Not the final resting place. And no, look, Cornerworth hasn't been good either, so he's come right. back to earth as well. Um, two pitchers worth adding. Max Meyer, we talked about earlier in hour one. Mm -hmm. Adam now, be proactive, not reactive. Adam for a buck, slide it through now and just wait until June and hope that he comes out at some point and starts uh, pitching for those Marlins sooner than later. The other guy worth adding, I think, interesting enough, is Chris Paddock, who was acquired by the Padres, excuse me, uh, by the Twins from the Padres. Uh, so far this year, if you look at the stats, the ERA is at 315, the whip is at 110. The strikeout to walk ratio is very good. I like the K per nine to be a little higher, but 16 strikeouts to two walks. You can be a successful two-pitch pitcher in the major leagues if you have confidence in the fastball. I think Paddock is a guy that needed that change of scenery, and I think Paddock is a player that is helping the Twins, and I think the more he gets removed from that hype around him coming up and all the expectations, I think the more successful he'll be. What are your thoughts on adding Chris Paddock to rotations as either a two-start week guy or maybe a matchup play? 
If ever there was a matchup play, it's Chris Paddock right here. And the other way you can make some money is look at his K props. If you find them under five and a half, it's some nice money. That's the way you pick on Chris Paddock. There you go. Pick on him in a good way, in a good supportive yes. way. We pick on him to make money for ourselves. But again, these rotations, watch some of these guys on some of these teams where you might not be thinking about. They're important. We come back. More matchups next week, the ones we got our eye on. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com times ahead folks my name is matt striker his name is joe pizapia coming up in a little bit we have a very special guest but right now joe pizapia and i are going to look ahead we want to look ahead at some of the matchups, some of the pitching matchups, some of the series, where we could try to find some profitability. So, Joe, let's go right away and attack the obvious. The Brewers are at the Reds. Tell me what you think. You'll see Woodruff, you'll see Castillo <laughs> for the first time, Peralta, Gutierrez, even your boy Hunter Green. So, some thoughts on this series? Mm. Oh, well, my, my thought is Hunter Green needs to uh, locate the fastball better. Because in the big leagues, yes. if, you know, if you throw 98, if they put the bat on it, it's going to go out. It's a little bit different of a league. So that will come in time. Hunter Green will figure things out. Don't freak out. He's a wonderful pitching prospect. Still, I'm not ready to throw in the towel off a of one-star rig as a five-dingers. But you mentioned this about picking on the bottom feeder teams. And I know there's going to be minus money probably all over the place on the Brewers. And I still think it's a good investment. I just want to drive this home. And I think this is going to be a trend that is going to sustain itself well through the summer into the dog days of August. You look at these pitching matchups. I mean, Woodruff has been incredible. Uh, and well, incredibly inconsistent to start the year, but looked incredible in his last start. Freddie Peralta, dominant in his last start. Uh, they're lucky they're not seeing Eric Lauer, who's been off the charts. Eric Lauer has been as good as Corbin Burns, and that has been saying a lot, because Corbin Burns is a Cy Young candidate up at the top of the board. And they got Adrian Hauser against Hunter Green. If the Milwaukee Brewers don't sweep the Reds, it'll be upsetting to me personally on a personal right. note. Um, on the other side of this, you got, look, Vlad Gutierrez, you got Castillo probably on a limited pitch count. He's lucky if he gets into the fifth inning would be my guess into this game. So you've got to be hammering the Brewers side of this. And I know from the standpoint of, well, it's going to be a lot of minus money on the Brewers, especially with all the pitchers. So here's what you do. You look for the K props with Woodruff, with Peralta, especially those two guys. You look for the total bases for guys like Christian Yelich, uh, guys like Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez, even Andrew McCutcheon, who's had a little bit of a renaissance here in the early going. He's in cleanup most nights in that lineup or in the fifth spot somewhere around there. There's a lot of ways to make money with the Brewers. And I think sometimes we underrate the, you know, if it looks good, go do it kind of thing. We say, yeah, oh, it's not really sexy. It's not really fun. It's not really a challenge. I don't care. I want to make some money. I think this is the way you do it. And I just think whatever the opposite end with the Reds, just pound on that too. Uh, and it's it's tough to be so negative about a team, but the Reds have been awful. Joey Votto hasn't hit. Uh, Joe, uh, Mike Moustakas has not come back into any sort of previous form yet. And they've had a lot of injuries on top of the fact. So yeah. the Reds are going to eventually win some more games. It's great that they got Stevenson back. Eventually they'll get India back and there'll be a little bit better lineup. But right now it's just not. Right now this is a team that's not getting any offense. They're not pitching. They've got a lot of youth and a lot of inexperience. And frankly, I mean, right now, I'm going to continue to hammer on the Reds. And, and I think sometimes, you know, the easy answer is the right one. 
And I just want to remind everybody that even though you see minus money in that game, don't just run away from it. Go there and hammer it some more. In fact, if you want to go parlay this into a couple different things, you can. So I would say take this as one of those sure lock things this week, especially the one with Freddie Peralta uh, of all three of these. That's the one that I feel even best about on the 10th. Uh, Matt, what do you think about this take that I have here against the uh, Cincinnati Reds and how bold I'm being just kicking a team when they're down? Well, no, the short answer is that you want to try to take advantage of what's being put in front of you. The Reds are historically bad, and we've talked about it. They're not since the 45 Reds have they been this bad on the road. Not since the 88 Orioles has anyone lost, you know, that many games, and so on and so forth, or at least close to those things. But how do you try to find the value? Well, if I told you last season that you could have Castillo, Gutierrez, and Green going for you, you'd immediately think one thing. K-props, at least on those first two with Castillo, Castillo and Gutierrez. So you might want to look at those and see if those numbers are manageable in the series. And then you touched on it, player props. Why not take advantage of A, the ballpark, and B, the fact that we talked about in the first hour how good Milwaukee is becoming, Telez, Yelich, Renfro, Adamas, and all the players around them. So if you can find some nice numbers, you know, if you can find a half a hit somewhere and it's not too egregious at minus money, chase that down. You're going to be more inclined probably to find the one and a half total bases at plus 130, plus 140, plus 125, depending on the bookhouse that you use. So that's how you take advantage and make some money with this series. It's this next series that, man, the, the, the handle's going to go one way or the other. It's the Phillies visiting the Dodgers. Dodgers very public, all minus money. Phillies have to get right. They're going to go on a horrendous road trip, horrendous streak of games, just all in all. It's not going to get easy for the Phillies in the month of May. So break this down if you can, please. We'll see Gibson, Eflin, Suarez, and Wheeler for the Phils. We'll see Anderson, who's been good, Kershaw, Bueller, and Urias for the Dodgers. How do we make money, Joe? Well, you mentioned uh, about the tough West Coast road trips that are in store for a lot of people, a lot of teams. Uh, and we talked about this in the first hour of Diamond Bets, that that National League West is no joke, man. All the teams are 500 or better. Uh, even the Diamondbacks, who a lot of people kind of were writing off at the beginning of the year, have been surprisingly plucky. Uh, and it's really hard to look at these pitching matchups and not think that three out of four games – are certainly going to go the Dodger side. I mean, Kershaw, another great start from him yesterday. Uh, Walker Bueller has been Cy Young worthy to start the year. Urias has kind of gotten back on track. And I think you kind of nailed it there. I think there's a little bit of desperation for the Phillies. And maybe the best thing for the Phillies is to get out of Philadelphia, get on a plane, clear your head, and see what happens. So I would look for some upsets here potentially. And I think the first upset that I would be looking for is in that first game where Kyle Gibson can go out there and give you a quality start. And I think the Dodgers will still be favored in that game because they're the home team. And because you expect that and the Phillies right now collectively is a team ERA is in the bottom third of the league. I mean, they're sitting over four right now as a team ERA. So I think there's opportunity in that first one. And I think there's definitely opportunity in that last game where just because, you know, the Dodgers are going to be favored Zach Wheeler against Urias. I think the way Wheeler's pitched recently, the Phillies can be back in this game. You need the bullpen to cooperate. That's the only thing, uh, which brings me to one of Matt Stryker's favorite topics. First five, first five innings of a game, getting involved, wagering there, and then not giving things over to the bullpen in terms of your investment. That's what I would do for game one and game four of this series. That's my approach. 
in the second and third game, we got Kershaw and Walker Bueller. I'd be looking for the K props because, you know, the Phillies do have some strikeouts in there, especially, you know, they brought back Bryson Stott. He's going to probably play a little bit this coming week with DD on the IL. That would be my approach. And especially with Kershaw, who's really been efficient so far this year too. Uh, I would go the over on the K props for Kershaw and Bueller against the Philadelphia Phillies. Matt, what do you think of that approach of this being a fascinating first five uh, games to target in terms of the innings where you want to wager in the games one and games four in this series? Well, I, I think it's a great play, especially in the day and age in which we live, where you have all these alternate options. You don't just have mm. to play a money line or a run line or a total bit. You can play a first five. You can do a lot of in-game stuff. This is the kind of series, and we talked about it a little bit also in the first hour, where I would really look to in-game things because you can have all your speculations. You can have all your notes and your thoughts and your metrics, but when you sit down to watch the games – you start to see, ah, oh, you know what, he just doesn't have it tonight. Oh, man, he's been fooled on that pitch. Oh, he came off the I.L. a little too early. Whatever it might be, and the in-game wagering is the way to go because with every out, with any, every inning that turns over, your odds increase depending on which side you're on. So something like this, Phillies-Dodgers can be very volatile, very, very volatile. As a baseball fan, I want it to be very competitive. I want the Phillies to be good. I want Castellanos to hit, yada, yada, yada. Not so certain I'm ready to go there yet. Another series that we're going to see, the Padres are visiting the Braves. Joe, here we are again, this, this stingy NL West, this volatile NL East. We'll see Darvish, Manaya, and Musgrove for San Diego. Strider, who's worth a mention, or at least someone to talk about. Freed, and then Morton, who's been, I'd have to say, a disappointment for the Braves, but some say up in the air. What says you? Well, I says that... This series doesn't really stack up very well for the Braves in terms of how they want to order their pitching because you're not going to get Kyle Wright in this series. Um, Charlie Morton has not been good. I mean, let's let's call it like it is. Now, maybe it's just a little slow return to confidence or slow return physically from that broken leg that he suffered last year in the playoffs. Uh, could just be age catching up with him as well. I mean, he is an older pitcher now, pushing 40. So. There's a lot of concern there. Joe Musgrove on the other end of that third game, Joe Musgrove is about as good as it's been. His ERA is under two right now. That's a guy more people should be talking about for NL Cy Young. He should be well in this discussion. Sean Manaya has pitched very well this year. He's striking out a ton of guys. And you, Darvish, can give you a great start any day of the week. So in these matchups right now, this is going to be fascinating because the Atlanta Braves hitters are going to be tough to invest in with Darvish, Manaya, and Musgrove. So I would be fading away from the Braves lineup, despite how tempting it is. It will be a fascinating oppo play in tournaments at DFS if you want to go that route. But on the flip side, I mean, they're throwing out a better starter pretty much, except maybe Freed you could put in that same category, sure. But I don't know, Matt. I mean, this seems like a time to fade the Braves, and here it is again, right? When these teams from the East start taking the, you know, start taking on some of these teams from the West you start to readjust your brain a little bit. The depth of this Padres rotation is really good. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to stick on the Padres rotation side of these games. And I'm going to continue to, to just pepper those with wagers as opposed to looking at the Braves from the Oppo standpoint. Yeah, you could make some money there, but I don't know, man. Those are three pretty big arms in one series. What are your thoughts on this one? So this is how I'll do it because the way the game is going, it's ultimately going to go to bullpens unless certain guys go nine again. Uh, I would take $2 and I would put a quarter each game on Machado and Acuna. 
each and every game. At the end, you'll be left with 50 cents with which to play, and you have no idea. Home run props pay out three to one. Maybe you played a double prop, a total base prop. You'll come out with more. All right, we're going to come out with some big answers to some big questions. We return right here on Diamond Bets. We'll be back right after this on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. His name is Joe Pizzapia. And the reason that Joe and I love doing shows like this is when we have an opportunity to bring on a new fresh face, to add someone to a segment, to kind of just give us some pop in our lineup, Joe. So it's time for rounding the bases. And with that said, the walk-up music plays. Here comes live from the Sports Grid studio in New York City, a stone's throw away from Madison Square Garden, Sports grid sam to give us rounding the bases sir welcome to the family all right so the most reliable closer in baseball has to be josh Hader, and i think that a lot of haters from up north are going to shout down at me and say jordan romano well i'll counter with taylor rogers the move from minnesota to san diego solidified a question that a lot of people had and joe and i talked about the fact that the rotation in san diego was going to be the story while most of the public thought it was going to be the bats. Well, now everyone's catching up, but no one is pointing to the fact that Taylor Rogers has solidified that bullpen. An honorable mention should go to Emilio Pagan, who went the other way, and he's helped the Twins. So I would say, for my money, that's the most reliable closer in baseball right now, but I'd like to hear from the gallery. Yeah, I, I don't know, Matt. I, I think when you're, when you're starting to look at uh, some of these other closers. You're right. Romano's been brilliant. Um, sure, there's been a few other guys. I don't find any closer reliable. I'm terrified every time we get any of them out there on the mound. I don't know why. Uh, I just am. Maybe it's years of Braden Looper and Armando Benitez scoring me for life. It's very possible. But uh, Hater's got to be the guy. He just has to be. In a way, I almost feel like it's still Mariano Rivera. Like if I had one game to save from my life, I would still want old man Mariano Rivera going out there, but I'm going to say uh, for me, I am in agreement. It's still Josh Hader. He's the dominant guy. He had just passed John Axford for second all time in saves for the Milwaukee Brewers. So congratulations to you, Josh Hader. All right, let's go on to our second question here. We ready for question number two, Matt Stryker? Yep, I'm ready. Let's turn it back over to the one and only sports grid. Sam, is he still with us or has something gone on? All right. The folks at Madison Square Garden saw the job that Sam was doing and they pulled him away for a live hit. This is live right now. So let's continue on the questions, though. Those are really live wire. Joe, would you buy back in on Hunter Green to win the National League Rookie of the Year? Current odds now 35 to one. I'm very tempted. I'm very tempted. Hunter Green was my guy at the beginning of the year, as you well know, and I did make an investment so far. It's looking like a, a dead investment. There's no doubt about that. I'm going to show some discipline and I'm going to not. And it's because I think I have uh, already started to look ahead. Um, I'm looking ahead to Max Meyer, who's kind of become the theme of the show today for the Marlins. Yeah. So he's not getting called up today. He's not going to get called up tomorrow. But I keep looking at this race. When Anyo Cruz got sent down, all of a sudden this race really changed. I have not been a Seiya Suzuki guy the entire time. I told you that, Matt. I've been not, you know, into him winning this award. I think it's just too easy, too chalky. 
And honestly, uh, ever since that first week of the season, what has he done? Not much. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for Max Meyer to show up instead. As tempting as the 35 to 1 odds are, I mean, sure, if you want to throw 10 bucks on it, if you still believe in Hunter Green, and I do, it's not a terrible wager. But I think instead I'm going to wait. I'm going to bet 35 to one on Max Meyer when he gets the call. So I'm going to show some discipline, show some self-respect, which is new for me. I'm trying to turn <laughs> over a new leaf in 2022 and see if I can uh, just pass right now and realize that even though I will, you know, maybe take some L's this year, uh, Hunter Green might be one of them, but I, it's plenty of, plenty of W's so far as well. Just look at those Verlander odds and where they've gone to. So you got to take the good and the bad. How about you, Matt? Are you wanna Are you tempted now? to dip your toes into the Hunter Green pool. Uh, I'm still stuck on the self-respect thing. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> Me too. Uh, uh, <laughs> folks in Squeeze said, who's that? Uh, Glenn Tilbrook, I believe. My music fans out there, tempted by the fruit of it. I'm not because you're right. The whole uh, National League Rookie of the Year pool is murky and volatile. And Nolan Gorman hasn't come up. And Max Meyer hasn't come up. And O'Neill Cruz sits there as well. All of the, the good fish are still at the bottom of this lake you know, to keep with all the water references. So I would not want to dip my toe in this pool for fear that my toe may fall off. All right, let's go to question number three. Uh, let's talk about Manny Machado. Uh, is he going to stay in the running for NL MVP all year? What do you think? Ah, oh, this is a fascinating one. And I have yet, even though I'm the guy who's kind of, what, for two weeks, talked about it, right? And say, look at these Manny Machado odds. The narrative is there. My problem is, and this is why I haven't made an investment in it yet. It's just been something I've watched is because it feels like when Tatis comes back, he gets all the publicity. And Manny Machado is also going to be in a spot where Ronald Acuna is going to be talked about quite a bit and some other big time guys in the national league. I don't know. I, I honestly feel like as great as this has been, this might be your classic first half MVP is Manny Machado. But then the second half, you know, when Tatis comes back and maybe Machado levels off a little bit, still very good player, but maybe levels off. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there's a part of me that thinks that it becomes a distant memory in voters' minds. And I think that is my biggest concern is these guys who get off to great starts, who have a good narrative where you see sometimes this line move and we've watched this line move and we've been very much on it and monitoring it here on the show. There's a great case to be made for it. I think this might be one of those where you make an investment and if you'd have already and it looks good, maybe this is the cash out. Maybe this is where the all-star break, you cash out of it and you've made some money but you don't let that money linger all the way through. I think that might be part of it, Matt. And my approach in terms of the best practice when it comes to May Machado, the best practice would be if you do believe in him for this award, make it now, make this wager at 10 to one, 12 to one, whatever you can get on it. And then I would say evaluate it again. And if the cash out is positive money, you can cash out of it, make some and move on. Because I think seeing this through waiver to, uh, wire to wire, for six months is a little bit tricky. What do you think, Matt? Well, of course, wire to wire, anything in baseball is a little tricky. And remember, mm -hmm. you touch on it, Tatis is going to come back. It's going to vulture eyes. But let me just posit this notion to you. If come August and September, Machado's still doing, again, even just a modicum of what he's been doing, it's going to be hard to ignore. If the Padres are sitting at or near the top of the division, it's going to be hard to ignore. And stranger things have happened, but you're right. Wire to wire is, is always tough. Even in this segment, 
right? Sports Grid Sand got pulled away. There's so much press at the Garden for the Rangers for the last night's fight. People are still thinking about what happened with Canelo and Bivol on the other side of the coast. So the, uh, it's fun. All right, uh, question number four. Here, prediction time. Give me one player you predict is going to hit a home run next week. Hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you this. I know what game I'm going to. It's that game we were targeting earlier, which was uh, that series uh, for the Reds hosting the Milwaukee Brewers in that ballpark. As long as the weather cooperates and we don't have any issues with that, uh, I will go ahead with Willie Adamas <laughs> because that guy's been red hot. Uh, ever since he's gotten out of Tampa, he's been brilliant. I think you could look for home run props on him. I think you could look for home run props on Christian Yelich. I think you look for home run props potentially also for uh, Rowdy Telez, the big boy. Let the big dog eat. Uh, I think that's where I'm going, honestly, that first series against the Reds early in the week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Look, Look you know, sometimes when a team is down, unfortunately, you got to kick them a little bit. And if you do <laughs> and you nail it, I mean, you look at some of these home run props, some of these total base props that are available right now on the Milwaukee Brewers in that series. I think you got to jump on them, Matt. And even if the number's at one and a half and you're getting, you know, minus 120 or even minus 130, put a couple of them together in a parlay. If you get, if you want to stack the Brewers, right? Why wouldn't you parlay a couple of those guys together anyway? I'm just saying it's the same concept. Just think of it in a different universe. And you say, well, I can't make money on the minus. Well, you can if you put a couple of these guys together in the right format and pick the right three. And I think if you pick the right three, you're going to do very well. But I'm going to go with Willie Adamas. Maybe somebody less of the uh, the big name. I'm not going to go pick a Trout or, or pick a Luis Robert or a Soto. I'm going to pick Willie Adamas in the series. You got anybody uh, maybe off the grid, so to speak, that you think might be uh, home run worthy this week? Well, it's funny because while you were talking, when you went off the grid, it made my mind go to, well, why not chalk? Why not? And if you don't know, look at it. Why not CJ Crone? Why not Ronald Acuna? Mm. Why not sweat it? The only caveat I'll give you, though, is you want to find something that's at least three to one, if not more. So when you talk about so that a play like Adonis and off the grid and you're in a good ballpark and favorable factors, you could find something that's nicely priced. So it's a good play. But if you're just looking to pad your wallet and, and you don't mind, 285 is nice. 275 is even nice on something you kind of feel better about is going to happen. All right, last question here. This is fun. Next big name prospect we're going to see called up. I know we've been talking about it a lot. Do you maintain <laughs> that it's Miami's play to make? Ah, the key question I'm going to pull on that striker is next. I don't know if he's going to be the next big prospect called okay. up. I think he's going to be the most impactful when he does. See what I did there? I semantic if that's a word, Matt Stryker, which he never gets his own questions thrown yeah, back at nice. him like that and picks that one word out and then kind of twists in there a little bit. Uh, it could be a couple different guys. I think there's pressure going on for the Pittsburgh Pirates to <laughs> – to bring up audio Cruz, because what what's you can look at it two different ways. You could say to yourself, well, if the other organization had their big prospects come up to start the year, what the hell are the pirates doing? But you could also point to it and say, look at Julio Rodriguez kind of, you know, struggling along. Bobby Witt did not get off to the best start. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe just maybe, but I think we're getting close to that point in time where we're getting that approach of the hundred at bat mark. And when you get to the 100 at bat mark, I mean, if you want a guy to take another 100 ABs at AAA, that's something I think that's reasonable. And they can evaluate on your Cruz. Uh, I think Nolan Gorman is another guy that we keep pressing on. I don't know what else this guy has to prove. They brought up Yepes, which I was shocked. Right. Like, that's the guy that they called up. Okay, fine. 
But Nolan Gorman is the guy that you want to call up and have there. And now that the DH is the National League, you can get everybody there at bat. So I don't know what is stalling. I don't know what they're waiting are. I don't care that Nolan Gorman has a high K rate. I just don't care. Everybody has a high K rate now in Major League Baseball. As long as he's on this tear, he's leading the minor leagues in home runs. Get him up here. And a team with the Cardinals who is desperate for some more power and pop around Arenado and Goldschmidt, I don't understand with Tyler O'Neill struggling, Dylan Carlson looking terrible. Come on, let's go, Cardinals. So I'm going to say Nolan Gorman is that guy who is the next guy to get called up. But Max Meyer is still the guy that I want long term. So add both of them this week to your fantasy teams. What about you, Matt Stryker? Who is the next guy called up for the minor leagues to make an impact? Oh, if we're going to work in semantics, look at what the Red Sox just did. Didn't they call up and then send down Duran mm-hmm. within like 24 or 36 some odd hours? So what am I going to be right and say who the next guy that comes up for a cup of coffee is going to be? Uh, but I'm with you, man. I, I would like to see Gorman. But but I can offer this back to you, the, the high K rate. There's confidence. And right now, St. Louis understands that they don't want to damage the kid's confidence. They also don't want to have a lot of strikeouts. Remember the division they're in. And we talked about at the top of the hour, I think it was in the other hour too. They have terrible pitching from three of the five teams in the division. So why not take advantage of it? Having a guy that strikes out, it takes away one of your best weapons, Joe. There you have it. All right. We come back. We're going to close things out here on a Mother's Day Sunday. We're going to give you a beautiful bouquet of things to look for next week in Major League Baseball when we return for one more segment right here on Diamond Bets, a on Sports Group. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets. We thank you so much for being a part of this journey. We'll see you again next week at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, but stick around. More great quality, informative sports grid programming coming your way at Sports Grid, at Sports Grid TV, Sirius XM 159. Take us with you everywhere you go. But right now, rounding third and heading for home is a brown eyed, handsome man. His name is Joe PCP, and it is time for three outs. All right, Matt Stryker, let's look at the things to keep an eye on next week in baseball. Can the Padres rotation get any better? Maybe, because Blake Snell is on his rehab assignment, so he could possibly join that rotation at some point in time later in the week. We shall see uh, the Girardi hot seat. How hot is it going to get? If the Phillies go out to L.A. and get their you-know-what's handed to them, will the, uh, the manager potentially be in a bad spot eventually when they return to Philadelphia? Again, Lots of rumbling, lots of unhappiness. The Phillies not getting off to the start they wanted, falling short last year also. And, of course, Joe Musgrove domination. Can we talk about Joe Musgrove, please, a little bit more in that Cy Young race in the National League? Everyone's talking about Scherzer and Burns. How about the guy with a 1970 RA? Can we talk a little bit more about Joe Musgrove, who is going to uh, go ahead and be pitching as well this week? So, uh, also, this week, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And uh, go call your mother. Make sure you do. Happy uh Mother's Day to my mom and Matt's mom. Also, I want to thank all of our crew at LTN. I want to thank Chris and Jack and Sam and Bajagalupo and our whole crew who always make this show go. It's a team effort around Diamond Bets. Uh, Matt Stryker, any final thoughts before we get out of here today? Yeah, the one thing about Musgrove, man, passed through Pittsburgh and Houston. It's all about spin rate and control, and he has it. I look for that when I'm wagering. Yeah, who would have thought, right? two organizations the third one is eventually where he gets right 
and he became that pitcher that everybody thought he was going to be. So, you know, forget about that little holdover in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. That did not work out. But man, oh man, those poor Pirates, they just can't get anything right, can they? But hopefully we'll get a lot more right when we come back next Sunday to do it all again. We thank you guys for watching. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Matt, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.